Hello, my name's Sylvester McCoy, Doctor Who number seven. Uh, you are listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Yes, that's what. There's something wrong with the speaker. Um, hello, hello. Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 487 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where we're leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when we'll record again. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. I'm Kier. And I'm Haley. And this week we're preparing our plans, our luggage, and ourselves for the 33rd installment of the Gallifrey One Convention in Los Angeles. So with massive headliner guests, including Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall, the three-plus-day convention has hundreds of eager fans ready to sift their way to the various conference halls, meeting rooms, and photo op lines. We're all going to be there, and look forward to seeing you all among hundreds of attendees at the now-sold-out con weekend. Yeah, as is always the case, the galley scheduling coordinators do their best to scatter the dozens of panels and events of interest across the agenda, hoping everyone gets a chance to make it to everything that they could hope to see, hear, and experience. But realistically, that can't always suit everyone. So we're going to focus on the key points of interest for each of us. So let's start with the showstopper. What's the one thing that you absolutely can't miss during this weekend? Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it kind of goes without saying that, you know, when when you bring in the most recent doctor, it kind of trumps everything else. It really does. Having that paired off with the outgoing showrunner as well uh, is, is yeah. an extra benefit because I think hearing her experiences uh, on set, off set, um, exemplified or not exemplified, um, built upon by his observations from the creative helm, I think gives you a really, really unique insight into what the last five years in Cardiff have been. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I look forward to seeing fans trip over themselves, uh, to politely discuss the era with Chris Chibnall. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful hedging of words, yes. Including us. <laughs> yeah. We've I mean, it's, so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of questions people can come up with and, you know, still be respectful. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, let's let's face it, this has not been the most well-received era of the show. So mm-hmm. while everyone that's going to be in attendance is a fan of the show, it's not people that are sitting there hate-watching there's still going to be some some questions like some some difficult questions that get tossed his way i think that's what's going to make some of the um some of the live commentaries more interesting 
because we'll get a little bit of an insight into the process and the and the uh, the intent behind a lot of things that we received from some of these episodes. So that might give us a fuller understanding or a, a better comprehension of 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 where where things were. Uh, were aimed, and then we can kind of decide for ourselves as to whether or not. Okay, no, you know, I got that from that. I, you know, I, I see where you were aiming, um, or, or no, that that one didn't quite land the way uh, he or they intended. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be an interesting layer to have added onto it too. I'm also interested in meeting or getting to hear from the actor who played Carvinista. <laughs> I really think that's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. We were joking about it a couple of weeks ago about Craig Ellis, but I think this is, uh, yeah. uh, he, he became an, an instantly liked character, however unusual and gruff and so forth. So, you know, he's, he's, he's no Wookiee. So yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And I will ask one about returning faces. Who are you most eager to see or hear from again? Hmm. I mean, I feel like the safe choice is always Fraser Hines. Like he is <laughs> such a joy to hang out with. But I mean, it's it's almost gotten to the point where, like, even though obviously, yes, he is a a guest, he's he almost feels like one of us at a lot of these conventions. So I'm not sure. <laughs> kind of helping keep things afloat, run the show. Uh, just a <laughs> lot of a lot of the classic folks that we see at this convention year to year. So Katie Manning, Sophie Aldridge, Janet Fielding. Those are all people that I'm looking forward to seeing again, uh, especially uh, in light of their uh, all of their involvement uh, in this most recent uh, season two, or, yeah. or at least the the season special. Personally, I gotta say, who I'm really looking forward to seeing is some of our folks. Yep, I've Leah, seen Leah Nathan from Pixel Who uh, and, and folks like that. Who you know, we we only really as as hard as we try, we only get to see them at conventions, and those conventions have been very thin on the ground in the last few years. So any opportunity to be able to catch up with them is always a welcome one. I'm looking forward to some of the other moderators as well. So Riley, Ty, they always do a fantastic job. And I really like some of the panelists that they're paired up with. Yeah, yeah. They've got some great assignments uh, this year. Ones that I know, uh, especially in, in uh, some conversations with Riley, uh, she's really, really uh, eager to uh, to get into. Uh, so yeah, yeah. definitely. Um let me flip this around this uh, then and, and ask, is there something that's being offered on the agenda this year that you're going to attend for the first time, even if it has been offered in, in years prior? I got a good one. Yeah. I'm going to be attending some of the children's track. Oh, you paneling. stole mine. Okay. No, did, is that, <laughs> no that's well, all right. That's you not, should, I got other things. I, you should, I, I should I have asked things. that question and you could have said that. No, but that's fine. Yeah, I, I have taken a gander over the children's programming track and it looks really intriguing and like it will engage the target audience of six year old that <laughs> I <laughs> am looking forward to. And I'm seeing quite a few art projects that we might be bringing home and oh, or yeah. gifting to friends. Build your own Sonic. Yes. Looking forward to that one. Yep. And, and then also seeing some of the reactions from said attendee as well <laughs> afterwards <laughs> and during some of the other things yeah yeah we do have some some surprises in store for uh for them so yep anybody else i mean i'm i've said it every year that i'm going to to take part but this year i'm really going to make a concerted effort to actually take part in the gaming track because okay. they've, they've got some some interesting games that they're going to be doing but um I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of 
uh, interactions we can get uh, at the, at the tables. And that's aside from, cause I know I didn't look them all over. I, I know obviously they're going to be doing some of like the, the cubicle seven stuff, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the doctor RPG and such, but right. uh, are, are there other ones you saw that particularly jumped out at you? Uh, I've, I've always loved betrayal at house on the hill. So I'm definitely going to try and, and get that cool. one in um, cards against humanity with the right group of people can always be a blast. So we'll see if, yeah, if that's one yeah. that I can make it to. Um, but nice. yeah, I mean, there's a, it's they've got them going all weekend, so I'm I'm interested to see what kind of things I can try and squeeze in. Yeah, interesting to see how that's been trending too. That it's become kind of a, a consistent staple almost through all our all main uh, attendee hours uh, of mm-hmm. the days. So look at us playing games. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen this on the panel listing before, but at, at Gallifrey specifically is the dance party. I've seen it at other conventions, but I don't oh. know that I've ever attended the one at Galley. Oh, it's been there. Yeah. It's okay. Big. Well, I'm saying. Did I- they have it at the last one? I think they might not have because of COVID. Uh, I think they did. It was just they had themed it very strangely, and it, and people didn't know quite what to make of it from the description. Uh, but this year, it's uh, it, it's sort of coined as like you know the the Rara Rasputin yeah. ball thing. So. <laughs> You kind of, you know what you're getting in for. But I know that I've danced with lots of people in LI. I, I have not danced with lots of people in Galley. So okay. we'll see All if right. that, <laughs> maybe I'll go to that. I, I mean, I feel like at this point I've gone enough times that the things that I know about that are happening, I've gone to when I wanted to. Um, so I don't know of any existing thing that I haven't gone to before that I'll go to this year, unless I'm just tagging along with the smaller human to check out the children's track. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's fair. I'm looking forward to to catching a few of the science track panels. I don't get a chance to uh I've done those for other cons and I've tried to gravitate towards, oh, okay, they're gonna have some astrophysicists here. Oh, they're gonna have some some speakers from NASA or, or, or such here. But I haven't really ever carved out the time at Galley because it was a little bit a smaller percentage of the overall schedule. Uh, but this year it's actually a lot fuller. And I actually know some of the scientists that are going to be up on the panels. So I want to hear them speak because they're freaking brilliant. And and uh, so, uh, uh, Jesse, Dr. Christensen, I'll be there to uh, to see what you got to say. Uh, well, since you brought up the science, I have to go back a category and be like, the thing that I'm going to that I always go to is the JPL stuff. Yeah. yeah. Last time I cried at the JPL one because we said goodbye to Oppie. So, you know, oh, yeah. it's always good to cry at a convention. Yeah. With science nerds. Why can't space make you cry? <laughs> uh, so now for the tough question. Is there anywhere on the schedule where you have to miss one thing to see another? Mm. Well, so speaking of the JPL stuff, there is a moment where the JPL meet and greet is happening at the same time as the Ace and Tegan return plus this or that. So I'd, I don't know how to be in two places at once, mm. but that's, that's the one that I will need to clone myself for. I actually have the same conflict, but for a different panel. Because, I mean, when Sajun came to this or that for uh, for Head Over Fields, it's always a lot of fun. It's really raucous. And and when you've got Janet involved and, and her kind of her scathing wit and and, and, and Sophie as well, I mean, it's, and, and her silliness at times, it's going to be phenomenal. But there's also a really, really interesting panel happening simultaneously that's talking about the present and future of Doctor Who conventions. 
So Sean Lyon is going to be on there, Ken Deep from the LIHU conventions, uh, Taylor Dethridge from uh, from Chicago TARDIS. Mm-hmm. So, and they're going to be talking about, you know, what they're doing in light of, you know, post-pandemic recovery and, you know, what does it mean for numbers and how do you start to incorporate a changing calendar? You know, we've always talked about Chicago and the whole Thanksgiving bracket and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I'm kind of interested to hear what they have to say about their respective properties and the idea of Whovian conventions overall, because there, there aren't a lot of them, and not nearly as many as there were 10 years ago, of various scale, for better or for worse. So I think it'd be a really interesting conversation. But this or that. <laughs> I um, I I think I've actually lucked out this year in that most of the things I'm going to are not uh aren't overlapping. Um the the one conflict I might have is I'm I'm actually going to see the Jody Whitaker uh VIP um script reading, which conflicts mm. with the uh one of the the commentaries. Oh okay. uh, but but other than that, I mean it's everything is pretty much uh like spread out enough that I can get now granted I'm I'm going to be hauling butt from one location to the next trying to make sure I get everything in but yeah uh, so if you see a a fourth or twelfth doctor ha- uh, cosplayer just running down the hallway trying to knock people out of their way then that you know you know what's going on now but oh yes that that means security is going to come grab a hold of you for knocking people out of the way and <laughs> you won't get to anything and it may or may not be Jay just saying <laughs> like it could be someone else in the same cosplay <laughs> yeah exactly it's totally not me I behave myself. <laughs> But what about you, Haley? Is there, is there uh, any conflicts in there? Uh, so I haven't been able to go detailed through the whole schedule yet, but I just found out that the JPL meet and greet is at the same time as the This or That panel, oh. so that's one for oh, me. Man. Oh, boy. Are we looking forward to any specific cosplays this year? Well, yeah. I, I want to see 15s all over the place. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, that, I, I expect that we'll probably see a, a number of 14s as well. Um, Will we know that they're different from 10? Well, <laughs> yes, I would imagine that fans of a certain age could then start to lean towards a 14 and say, this is more within my comfort zone. Uh, uh, or or they just found a suit that matched one style better than another and said, no, you know what? 10 never wore this, but it looks a lot more like what we're seeing 14 wearing or I happen to own a knit tie or whatever the <laughs> right. case may be. So. so I hear you say you want a knit tie. Uh, no, no, because I don't, I don't want to shave. <laughs> so I'm just going to... Carvinista then. Carvinista it is. <laughs> I, I will neither confirm nor deny that I did look for uh, workable uh, dog masks. Uh, on Amazon for a solid evening. It's another issue of Doctor Who magazine out, which means every other zine on the interwebs is now uh, stealing quotes from it to get their headlines and, and their leads. So, but it's worth it because, as expected, under the new uh, tenure, we now actually get things. To talk about. Hooray! Uh, such as the fact that uh, the executive producer, no, not the showrunner, but uh, the executive producer, Joel Collins, uh, had done an interview saying that uh, after a conversation with their principal production designer, Phil Sims, Phil Sims had come up with a sketch that 
when uh, Joel looked at it, said, "This is bonkers. This this can't work. It's 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 it, it does it defies physics. It's, it shouldn't be something that you can actually do on a workable set." Um, but it's gorgeous, so I'm going to show it to Russell. Russell looked at it and said, I can't look away from it, but how the heck can we do it? And now they're all figuring out the fact that they are going to attempt this uh, apparently physically impossible set. For what purpose? I don't know. Well, okay, because it looks cool. Well, I mean, when you made the transition to 13's interior, it was a radical change. It was wild. I mean, the, the, the uh, hexagonal backlighting was gorgeous and it had so much color and life to it and things and it was such a departure from anything that had been done in the interior before you can't you can't roll back so you have to continue to just say all right we're going to make a wild sweeping change what's it going to be are we going to you know suspend things from above rather than have the console look like it's coming up from below or, or whatever the case may be so uh, I think it's an interesting little mystery for us to to work with, but I think that's going to be as big of a reveal as how the regen happens. True. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. But we've always looked forward to seeing what, okay, what's, what happens when you walk through the door? What's it going to be? And then the, the photos they have are very reminiscent of really Hartnell's TARDIS kind of. It kind of showing, you know, this is this is the underpinnings. This was sort of the classic construct under on, on which most of this was built. So... How do you mm. honor that and then do something radically different? And in addition, is it dynamic? Is it something that parts of it move, you know, other than the time rotor in the center, you know, kind of thing? Right. Um, do you rely mm. really, really heavily on CG to make it very interactive so that you've got, you know, um, heads up displays and that kind of thing? Like we started getting towards with Jody's interior in that, that weird projection in the mist thing. That it would do from time to time, so I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by that. I'm I'm very curious to see how it plays out because it's that's one of the things that always excites everyone is the the new TARDIS interior. Like, how is it going to uh, personify the the Doctor, and you know, what's the what's the new hotness going to be? <laughs> new hotness. Well, something else we have to try to suss out is apparently the fact that what we thought was just an extra, you know, in in just a, a quick cut scene when we were setting up what we are so certain is going to be the celestial toy maker uh, in the, in the specials trailer, there was a figure just walking towards the front of that red, uh, red facade toy shop uh, in a trench coat and umbrella. I'm like, okay, that's just a passerby and no one thought anything of it. And apparently according to Russell, that's a guest star that he's very bemused at the fact that nobody has even thought to ask, let alone figure out who it is. It's just someone walking by, man. It can be just someone walking by. <laughs> Sometimes a donut is just a donut. I mean, <laughs> why you got to do something weird with it? But uh, I don't know. I can't make anything out from the from the, the still shot, really, other than uh, man, male, white. Uh, has like, ears. Has has an ear. Uh, at least one ear. <laughs> at least <laughs> minimum one ear. Yes. Could have two. Appar- has- apparently has feet. Well, has feet and fits dark fits hair. in a coat. Yep. 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 Trousers um, also sure. wears pants on occasion. Uh, I'm sure people are going to go, oh, it's Jack. It's Captain Jack. Well, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Coat's too short. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I, I mean, not it's not fabulous that is, that enough. That is not a fabulous strut. Jack probably would not use an umbrella. He would just walk in the rain. I don't think he'd ever wear those True. shoes either. 
He would emote in the rain. He would emote. The the rain would just fall around him instead of on him. Nah, no, because he always liked that dramatic uh, uh, rain-dappled and brooding That's true. And the swept-back hair that's still dripping off. Well, he can't do that now because the hair dye will run. No, no, it's probably permanent. It's not not (laughs) sprayed on. He's had his hair tattooed. (laughs) No, that's not how hair... Permanent hair dye works, but okay. I, I don't know how permanent hair dye works. But also there's semi-permanent hair dye, which is brighter colors in different shades. Okay. So there, there are two different... That's like party in a can. Kind of no, stuff. that's not even dye. Oh. <laughs> that would run off in the rain and be really yes. awkward on a TV set. Yes. Okay. Shows what I know. Anyways. Well, there you go. There's the future of Doctor Who in 2024. Hair dye in a can. <laughs> Hey everyone, we just want to take a moment to thank those people who have recently come on as new Patreon supporters for GPR uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, So uh, both to John Dunnigan and to Penguin, you know who you are. Thank you for coming on at at those respective Patreon levels. If anybody else wants to be a supporter of the program to help us pay for our hosting uh, and editing fees, that would be a fantastic uh, boon to us and we'll make sure that we reward you accordingly. Take a look at the various tiers of support that are available over at patreon.com slash GPR and see how you can be a part of the program's production. We really appreciate it. Well, next time we come back, we will be coming to you from the actual uh, convention itself. Yeah, we'll keep it short. Just to say a quick hello. So just give you a, a sense of the din. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and the noise that can be picked up. I have no idea what time or what day we're going to do this. Uh, just to sort of whether we want to actually find a quiet moment or just let you experience the cacophony uh, that the uh, uh, that the convention can be when it's at its peak. Right. But it's going to be a lot of fun. So really. come find us. Yeah. This has been episode 487 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next time, this is Jay saying, off to Galley! <laughs> And this is Kier saying, I'll see you in the lobby, Julie. And this is Julie saying, let's all go to the lobby. (laughs) And this is Haley saying, is it time yet? (laughs) We'll see you next time. I'll see. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR, and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode. Jacob Hansen. Gallifrey Public Radio is copyright 2023. We'll see you next time.